What is up, everybody? It's your boy, Drew Dragars, up in the building. And today I'm joined by Mr. David Wise and Max Mooney. That's right, folks. We have a full house today. Dave, this is your kind of your theme for today's episode. Why don't you take it over real quick and tell the folks what we talk what we are talking about today? Yes, we have a thought exercise two, three months in the making now. We are going to run through the Florida State schedule and the ACC and play a game of Would You Rather? Would you rather have Mike Norvell as our head coach or that coach? And folks, as always, thank you guys so much for being locked on Semmels. Your first listen each and every single day, Monday through Friday. With that being said, we won't hold you guys back any further. Let's go on with the show. You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Seminoles. As at the top of the episode, it's your boy Drake, and I got Dave to my left, Max right below me. Before we get into today's episode, as always, thank you guys so much for the love and support and making Locked On Seminoles your first listen each and every single day and also for helping us hit 1,000 subscribers on the YouTube. And before we, you know, dive into the meat and bone for today, Dave, Max, how you guys doing? I'm doing good. Um, Max, I don't know about you. And I hate doing this plug right now. The Built Birthday Cake Puff Bars are legit. Actually made my day today. So I admittedly have not changed my address yet in the software. So I haven't gotten them yet, but I look <laughs> so forward good. to um, But built.com has my address, so it's fine. Dude, I'm good. I guess I have a lot of bugs outside. I'm finding out that's kind of the downside of living in the woods. It's beautiful, but I got eaten alive today. Nice. So, yeah. yeah. That's what so happens great. when you move from the sunny South Florida or sunny Florida area, and you go up to the swamps of, what is it, Smyrna, Marietta you're living at now? Marietta, yeah. So I think we're more, I mean, we're the foothills, right? Like we're the the foothills of the Appalachians or something. You're that, you're that awkward boundary between the two. But as always, Dave, Max, we do, we do not do geography here or anything like that. Or weather. Or, or weather or even mm-hmm. food, even though the food podcast is coming very, very coming. shortly. Yes. Ask Dave about that. But yes. we're here to talk about the newly released CBS Sports head coaching rankings. And I, I think Max has already seen them. Dave, did you see where Mike Norvell's ranked at? I did not. And it's better, I think, for content purposes if I don't. So I'll tell you right now before we get started, he is actually ranked 47th overall out of in the ACC. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> yes, at the, <laughs> in the ACC. Oh, that sounds uh, right. good one, Dave. But no, he's ranked 47th out of all Power Five head coaches, which there are 65 of them. He is only, the only new debuting head coach that's in front of him right now is actually Brent Venables. I think a number 38. But Dave, why don't you explain today to the folks that this is kind of your baby, your theme? Like, tell us what we're actually about to do right now. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, a lot of very opinionated folks on Twitter, how they feel about Mike Norvell, and it seems like it just becomes more polarized and more Sith-like by the day with everybody's opinion being so absolute, um, which is something I'm familiar with. So, my exercise was thinking about the ACC, like, how many of the coaches in this conference would we actually rather have? Because, like, in the abstract, you think, wow, things are not going well. Like, there's got to be have more than half the ACC coaches that would be doing a better job. But it's funny when you go through them. Maybe it's not so easy. You know, I think it's like that old saying, Dave, where uh, they, they say you should look for a job you want, not try to get away from a job you don't want. 
right? Like it's easy to say, I hate my job, but then it's like, well, what job would you apply for then? Well, I don't know. I just don't like my job. So I think that's, is that kind of what we're getting at today? Yeah, I think that's right. We're going to see how we really feel about Mike Norvell. Yep. Yeah, pretty much. But I think we'll, we'll, uh, the way we kind of have everything set up right now, we'll do the schedule first, like go through that. And then we'll do the remaining ACC head coaches towards the latter half of the episode. So basically it's going to be a full, full discussion on here today. So let's start off with Duquesne. I also don't care about their head coach. Who's their head coach? You, you know, if you know it this on Twitter, <laughs> it actually could be. Yeah, could be so, anyone. I'm wondering if like this is so this is going to go one of two ways before I look because it's an FCS coach. Either he's going to have a really interesting resume that's like, oh, maybe this guy's like working his way up. It's or like Terrell Owens. Like or... 80. Okay, it's Paul. It's Jerry Schmidt. What oh, a Pittsburgh yeah. name. Yeah, this guy is just. Just Wait, how's it spell? Pittsburgh. Is it two T's? Is there a D in there? How's two it T's, no D. Just S C H M I T T. He's he's from Pennsylvania. Went to West Allegheny High School. Which is that? Is that where? I think that's where Wheeler went, didn't he? Is that where Wheeler went? So Allegheny County, I'm pretty sure, is like Pittsburgh. We're spending area. way too much time on Duquesne. I mean, we're gonna spend less time on some of these other ones. So I'm just I'm just really curious. The Rock didn't go to Allegheny, did no. Anyway, um, okay, so Jerry, so yeah, this guy is a journeyman. We we don't really want him. He's been at Duquesne since 05, and his, uh, his head coaching record's 137 and 93, but, you know, probably leave him at the FCS level for now. Yeah, yeah we can't be complaining about having a group of five head coach and then going after, you know, the cream of the crop <clears> in the <throat> FCS. So let's go right. down over to uh, Bayou Brian down there in Baton Rouge and Brian Kelly with LSU. So, Max, you start off with this one. Would you take him or would you keep Norvell actually where you at right now? Because I feel like you're going to go with the latter, and this is like a like a binary choice, right? Yes. Like this, okay. yes. yes. We're not doing. Um, there's no. Yeah, that's what I thought. Doing, I'm just, yes no, just yeah. checking. Um, I I would keep Mike Norvell because I think we saw with with Brian Kelly when he moved to LSU. I think there are more young coaches where if he's guaranteed the time, will want to coach under Mike Norvell than coaches that want to coach under Brian Kelly. I question his ability to build out a staff. Yeah, that's that's a fair critique. My here's my thing. I think Brian Kelly is a total weirdo. I think to a large degree, he's fraudulent in the same way that Dabo Swinney is, where he's just a pander to whatever needs to be said or done at any given time. I don't like that about him. I don't like him as a person. He's probably a terrible dude. I'll go on record saying that. That being said, you know what we need here right now? Terrible dudes. Not just (laughs) terrible dudes, but fans who just feel like they have a reason to get excited. And Brian Kelly, for better or worse, He never got Notre Dame to the real mountaintop. He got him close, but he got their fans excited. And that's something we haven't felt here for a while. He's done it at a top program. I mean, I got to take that over a former G5 coach who hasn't won a bowl game here. And not only that, he took a Cincinnati his last year to a 12-0 record, and they ranked number four actually at at the end of the BCS era for them. So that's something that shows to me that he basically, you can give him anything, and he definitely is able to cultivate a sort of a, a culture, a winning culture with that. And with Notre Dame, I mean, they were kind of an afterthought. I mean, that was after the Charlie Weiss era. I think back in 2010 was his first year. And then he went to the CFP not once but twice. And not many head coaches right now out there can say that. So for me, I would probably take Brian Kelly. But what's up? Sort of three, right? He took him to the BCS championship in 12. Oh, right. Yeah, that is right. So, like, he's got that that championship pedigree. So for me, it's a yes. Let's go to the next one. This is Max's. (laughs) (laughs) But... Let's go over to the next one where I think this is – I'm going to have Dave go first because I want Maxie prepare his argument for his boy. We play Louisville in week three. Yeah, I, I can't wait for your opinion on this too, Max, because you've had to step off the Scott Satterfield ledge quite a bit the last couple of years. Um, 
But it's funny because if you look just at his coaching record, um, you, do you take Appalachian State into account? Like, because we're taking Memphis into account for Mike. Because if you do, Satterfield's a 65 and 35 coach. That's a pretty damn good record, a 650 win percentage. At Louisville, he's gone eight and five, uh, four and seven, and six and seven. With having Malik Cunningham there the last couple of years, that's probably not good enough to cut it. The defense has never been good there under him. Um, I'm not taking him over Mike Norvell just because all he hasn't done it either at Louisville. And I, if, if, if they're even close, I'm just going to stick with what we got. I mean, here's the thing, right? He never had one of those breakthrough seasons at App State. I mean, you look at his records and it was seven and five, 11 and two, 10 and three, nine and four, 10 and two. Obviously, we'd love to have a two loss season, but at the group of five, you're held to a different standard yeah. for me to extrapolate that out because it is the group of five. And I think, in fact, he got a little more credit than he should have because he was an App State guy. He was there when they beat Michigan, all that. But I would not take Scott Satterfield, especially after the way he bungled that South Carolina interviewing for the deal. Remember that whole thing? Where yeah. He, Oh, he basically just said, oh, yeah, I'm interviewing for the job like an idiot. Um, that would not fly with our boosters. And I, here's the thing. I would I want to save our boosters from themselves. And that's the kind of guy that gets fired after 12 games. And we're, you know, in the hole for another 30 mil. So keep Mike. Yeah, I'm not uh, going any further. I think I've made my opinion on Scott Saffield very clear on here for the past year and a half, almost two <laughs> yep. years. So it's going to be a no for me, dog. And then mm-hmm. the last one before we go to break, let's go over to Jeff Halfley at Boston College, who basically... I would say yes. He's someone that actually probably I was a huge fan of when he did get hired actually originally with Boston College because he was a great defensive coordinator. I'm a little more, I guess, partial to, or biased for defensive coordinators becoming full-time head coaches. And also, BC was in a bad, bad spot. I mean, they had A.J. Dillon, but who else did they have? Anthony Brown. Anthony Brown transferred out to Oregon and wasn't basically a good player at all, period. And he's been able to have Phil Dracovic. He actually was able to convince him to transfer over to BC from Notre Dame. And Phil Dracovic is a top-five quarterback in this conference. So... For me, Jeff, he's basically having them probably play a lot higher, uh, probably play a lot better than most expectations that people have on them. So for me, Jeff Halfley is definitely going to be a yes for me because I don't think he's even going to be a BC much longer anyway. So, so, so you think he's probably squeezing the most out of the minimal talent he has there? That's great. My concern about getting him here would actually be the same as Norvell, which is what would be the recruiting pitch under Jeff Halfley? Uh, I, I just don't know. And because of that, it's one of those where it's close to me. Probably. I still think I have Norvell a little higher than I would Halfley. actually a lot higher because Halfley has two years of coaching experience under his belt. I just don't know what the pitch would be. I don't know how you sell excitement to boosters or recruits. And that's a no for me. Yeah. I mean, dude, I, th- I think the only thing that outweighs Drake's like inflation of who Phil Dracovic is, is that inflation of a head coach who's 12 and 11. I've, I've never heard kinder words said about someone that has no proven record of being any good at his job. Um, I mean, again, Phil Dracovic, average QB, 58% completion in his best year, um, other than the fact he's tall and handsome. And yeah, my, my other thing is where he's coached before. Uh, he's coached in the NFL for, it looks like, six years. One year at Ohio State as a co-DC before that, before his NFL stint, Rutgers, Pitt, Albany, actually. He's never seen what good recruiting looks like, to Dave's yeah. point. So it's not just that he's never done it. 
he's never even seen it in action. So in his mind, he just kind of knows in theory what good recruiting might sort of look like. We we don't have time for that. Yep. I will say that he was ranked the ninth overall recruiter by 24-7 Sports for the 2020 season after Ohio State. I'm just saying he has it there. And also he was the defensive back recruiter for Deron Harmon and Logan Ryan at Rutgers and Pittsburgh, respectively. So he does know what defensive back, good defensive backs look like. And also, he's kind of revitalized Jaden Woodby's career because before he left, when he left here, we did not think it was going to be pretty much of anything for that. But before that, let's actually go over to one of our sponsors. Max, you are the big Bilt Bar guy, right? Everyone's a big Bilt Bar guy. What is your favorite, what's your favorite flavor? Uh, dude, I'm a peanut butter brownie guy. All day, you, every day. I don't change. I've been eating chicken and rice I, since I was 10. and you know, I, I do change birthday cake puff. I changed. I'm gonna, say, I'm gonna say, have you had the puffs? Because right now, ooh, no, I told you I haven't updated my address. Any of the puffs? No, oh. you need you need to get on these puffs, Max. Basically, I'll just imagine taking your finger and just going right into like a tub of birthday cake frosting, and mm. that is what a birthday cake puff just it just tastes like. And also, you know what they have now? I just bought some. They have the brownie butter puffs, which is basically just like it just tastes like you're eating a delicious and fresh out the oven brownie. But folks, don't take my word for it. Head over to built.com right now and use promo code LOCK15. That's L O C K E D 15, and you get a 15 a 15% welcome bonus off of your order. But you can go to Locked15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, Built Bar, folks. Let's get healthy together. All right, so let's go with the next one. And I think this is befitting if Dave also goes first in this one. And then, Max, I think you'll take the next two. I think that basically if we eat, so we even out the order. Wake Forest, since Dave is the biggest closet of Wake Forest fan that we know of, he's basically had a timeshare on Snuggy Hill. Dave? This is basically Dave Clawson's team for the past, I want to say, 10 years. He's their winningest head coach, too. Yep. He's led them to an ACC championship game. So I want to ask you, with Wake Forest, where would you put him with Doug Norvell? That is one of the easier answers to me. That is a super easy yes to me. I'm making that trade in a heartbeat. Wait, and it's seriously? Fun. Yes, I'm serious. And I say that as somebody who thinks it's the most adorable thing in the world that anybody considers Wake Forest to be good. But it's the fact of that. Just the fact that he has a better than 500 record in eight seasons at Wake Forest with all 14 students there and all of them must play football. The fact that he's done that at a school like that, which still has to compete in the ACC, like, you know, even when it's down, like they still have to play, play Florida state every year. They still play Clemson. They still, they're still playing ACC teams and he's gotten them to a better than 500 record. That to me means he is really really squeezing the milk out of the, out of that almond. Right, Max? Yeah. Yeah. Do, do y'all know how many kids go to the university of Memphis? 12,000. 21,000 kids go to Memphis. Memphis has four times the student body that wake forest has. <laughs> oh my God. And we give a guy credit for winning a lot of games there over like two years, really like two good years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With those resources, and by the way, Memphis, as we've mentioned, you know they got in some trouble, but they were used to being a sports school. They had a really good basketball team yeah. for a long time, so the resources were there. You talk about twenty-one thousand kids, and we're giving him credit for like one, two, win, ten win seasons. Look at what Dave Clawson's done at a school that is smaller than a lot of high schools yeah. in Texas and Florida. So yeah, I look at, if Dave Clawson wanted to take a swing at it. I don't think I'd do it now, but like, had we brought him in when we brought in Willie, like we already had talent in the, in the hopper and we didn't need to rebuild. Now would I trade him now? Um, his age would concern me. So is he that old? Is he like, I thought he was only like 54. 
I thought he was like 65. No, he's 54. He's really young, actually, for a coach. Oh, then yeah, 100%. He looks like Sorry, Mark I thought he was like 65. He just looks yeah, older. Yeah, 100%. Dave Lawson th- could be my coach tomorrow. I thought I was going to be alone on this, honestly. That's actually because I'm. it's a yes for me for all the reasons Dave yeah. and Max have basically said because he's made a lot basically out of nothing. Or as Dave just said, he squeezed a lot of milk out of a very, very small, very, very low-funded almond. So let's go from one Dave to the next and to the next Dave because I just used Dave's name three times. Yeah. Max, NC State, Dave Doran. Dave Doran has been there since 2013. His overall record there is 64 and 49. Would you take a stab at Dave Doran? Would you take him over Mac Norvell? Uh, Dave Doran, that, oh, dude, that's that's a tough one. Um, oh, dude, I just, I don't know. I mean, the guy looks like, he kind of looks like Andre the Giant a little bit from, what you call it, from Princess Bride. He's just got kind of that, Oafish look about him. So he just um, looks like Andre the Giant? Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's, that's how he looked every damn day. Yeah, but they gave him the bowl cut, you know, and they made him look even more oafish. That's a fair um, Oh, I do like his pedigree, though. Comes from the Midwest. I mean, he's from California, but, you know, coached at Kansas, coached at Wisconsin, Northern Illinois. But I, I think we should leave him where we left him at the end of the 2012 Orange Bowl, just by himself. Off in a place no one really wants to be, coaching NC State. So, um, now, it, should I? Maybe. But I, NC State's one of those schools I don't know if I could get over him having coached at. Like, I just, it would it would be too, it would be like hiring, hiring um, uh, what's his name? Uh, like, um, we always talk about Will Muschamp at D.C., and it's like, we probably could do it, but it would feel icky. I don't know. I'll say I, I would be fine with that. But, Dave? Yeah, uh, so <laughs> you hit on it at the end there. You hit it. You hit it on the head. Um, I hate NC State and and their fans. I, I don't like any of them, not one. Um, and and that I just couldn't accept that. In addition to the fact that, I mean, he hasn't exactly like excelled at NC State. Not that it's the kind of school where you would you would expect someone to be capable of doing that. Um, but if anything, I think at best it's a close call between him and Mike. And again, if it's a close call. I'm just not going to pull the trigger. Like there has to be something setting them apart. And there's just nothing special about Dave Doran. I mean, right, this, really isn't a, because this isn't like, a who's better, right? It's a, it's a, would you rat? Like, would we actually make the, Hey, bring him to Tallahassee and put him in garden gold. Yeah, like no. all the ramifications that come with making a coaching change despite, or except for money. Right. So yeah, I'm, I'm exactly. And I think we've seen overall, like with his career actually at NT state, he'll never win 10 games. I think he's reached a nine win plateau three times in his, 10 years there and with Mike with Mike we can at least see with maybe one maybe two more years if he can attempt to reach that so I will also go more with potential here actually with Mike over Dave Doran if now it's gonna be an easy one this will be really really damn quick depending on how you feel Max again you have first in the tee box do you do you trade in Mike Norvell for Dopey Dabo down over there in Clemson South Carolina is is Brent Venables gonna come with him or stay at Oklahoma I think he'll be. St- I think he'll be sticking around uh, in Norman. Yep. No, no, we can we can lose uh, five games a year for half the price with Mike Norvell. To be honest, so wow. Um, yeah, I Dabo would want ten million dollars a year. Um, he would make us hire the most expensive assistants out there, and then they would leave him, and we would collapse again. So he's lucky that Brent Venables. Like, if he got Brent Venables at any other age other than when Venables' kids were going into high school and then going to come play at Clemson, Venables would have left after two or three years, and they never would have had the run they had. So um, 
There's not another Brent Venables out there, and therefore I have no interest in a Dabo Swinney. Yeah, we're it's a really interesting time to ask this question because if you look back in three to five years about what happened to Dabo once Venables left, I feel like the feeling on him is going to change pretty drastically. That said, where we are right now going into this season, um, Dabo Swinney hasn't won single digit games since 2010. He has 21 losses or 21 losses in 11 years. Uh, in the last 11 years. That's insanity. Um, that's the kind of hype you can sell. So yes, he makes us hire expensive coaches. Good. Make us spend money. That's exactly what I want, actually. Uh, so yes, there's something I could sell to the fan base, which is, look what he's done. There's something we can sell to recruits, which is, look what he's done. Uh, yeah, that's the kind of hope we need right now. Make that trade. I'm actually probably here with the way Dave was with Brian Kelly when we first started. I mean, he has all this resume. He's got a very extensive, you know, accolades like Dave was discussing. Basically, he hasn't lost more than two games since 2010, which is when you told me that before the show started, that's insane. But I just don't like that. This is a personally, I just don't like Dabo. I just don't. I just, and I'm with Max, where basically when Jeff Scott, Jeff Scott left for the USF job, he saw the offense sort of start to struggle. He took, the, he took the play calling duties from Tony Elliott, and now Tony Elliott is gone over at UVA, so we'll see how the offense runs with him. And then Brent Venable saved his ass. People forget that Kevin Steele was there, and Dabo was almost fired in year three. So mm-hmm. I don't trust him to make the good decisions. And also, right now we rely on the transfer portal. Clemson does not take any transfer kits unless they were True. formally enrolled at, at Clemson. So it's going to be a no, and I just hope that man just – you know, he might be exposed in the next few years for just being just a, not a very good head coach and just was got lucky at the right time. That's the other thing, Drake, and that's such an important thing when you talk about Dabo is two things. One, if he is successful at Florida State, we're going to go through this all over again where he leaves us for Alabama, just like Jimbo did. But I don't think that would happen because Dabo has shown an utter lack of willingness to develop with time and develop as the game's developed, right? Like Saban has gone from running an I formation to, you know, running a spread offense with running quarterbacks. And like Dabo, if he's not putting his foot in his mouth about something, he's refusing to adapt. And it's like, we don't, we don't need that. Come on. We don't need that. And we don't need the men to leave in the middle of the night. And you know, one who won't leave you in the middle of the night, the family and friends and the services over at rockauto.com. Max, what's the last time you actually used them for your car? Uh, it's it's been about a year now, um, but it was great when I used them, and I if I have the need, I will be using them again. Finding car parts is a pain in the ass. It really is. Um, I had like a super old Jeep before my other old Jeep, and ordering car parts online is a nightmare. Buying them in, in the store is tough because you have to act like you know exactly what you're talking about when you don't. Like you can't ask questions. You know your pride won't let you. So it's it's great. You have an interface where it's like. You can kind of ask the dumb questions. It can walk you through it step by step. And you're not like, you know, Googling serial numbers, hoping you find the the part on some sketchy website. And not only that, they don't charge you 30%, 50%, even 100% more than typically stuff you find at a chain store car dealership overall. Because, I mean, I've talked about it before. I spill coffee in my car all the damn time. I had my car thing reupholstered several times, but thankfully, Rock Auto has always been there for me. RockAuto.com, head on over there today. And when you actually purchase your final parts, right, locked on, and they're, how'd you hear about section? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car par- all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. I think we could save everybody a lot of time here, probably. Nobody knows or cares who Louisiana's new coaches. No one's taking him. No one's taking Dino Babers. 
I will point out one thing about Jeff Collins, besides the fact that he's about to be fired any day now, is that he is <laughs> never lo- he's never lost a bowl game, and Mike Norvell has never won one. Fun facts there. Uh, yeah, but nobody's taking him. Well, admittedly, Mike Norvell hasn't lost a bowl game at Florida State either. I mean, he's zero and four career, and Jeff Collins is one and zero. I, that brings me to when we recorded the first podcast that we'd never drop, Dave. And you were like, did you guys know that Mike Norvell's ever won a bowl game? And I'm just like, oh, now fuck. it's starting to kind of <laughs> make sense why he's never won a bowl game. But yeah, Jeff Collins might get fired probably during the bye week, actually, before we play them, because that place is a dumpster fire. But let's go talk more to the teams that we probably do care about. So we'll put it push aside Syracuse, push aside Louisiana. Let's start with the University of Cold Gables first at the Airbnb Hard Rock Stadium with their 50-yard IPF or indoor practice facility. Yeah. Dave? Yeah. Uh, So, look, for purposes of intellectual consistency, the whole Brian Kelly thing that I said, the whole Dabo Swinney thing about selling, like, you know, just pomp and circumstance to boosters about, oh, look, this is exciting. Look who we got, this big name hire. Mario Cristobal, um, for those who don't know, is not actually um, a very good head coach. Uh, he has a career record as a head coach of 62 and 60. He has a career record um, at Oregon of 35 and 13. Like, that's okay in the fakest Power Five conference there is, but I don't think he is anything besides a big name or a big name in form but not in substance who has a very high price tag and that is not what i want to trade for he's just it's just he's the perfect coach for miami i mean mario cristobal is the maserati of college football coaches right it's like (laughs) maserati from italy but not even close to the nicest italian car right ferrari lamborghini like that's usc that's like probably Washington or Utah. He's at Oregon. Washington's been down a bit, but he's at Oregon. They're just getting their teeth kicked in, you know, and like they'll have these good years, but they don't, when they're the best, they're not the brand that USC is, even if they only win five games. And a lot of years, they're not as good as the other schools like Utah. And they're not even the Alfa Romero where they're the best budget like item. That would be the Mike Leach. So it's a Maserati. It's a car. For a massive price tag. And of course, people in Miami are just lining up <laughs> to drop all their money so they can say, well, look, I've got a Maserati. And anyone that knows anything about cars is laughing at them for spending that much money on that piece of crap. Can it go kind of fast? Sure. But you spend 150 grand on it and you look like an idiot. He's not worth $8 million. Let's put the salary off the table. Would I bring him here? Um yeah. I mean, the only smart thing he's done is like he didn't come with Willie Taggart, which was a real heady play on his part. Yeah. Um, he he did beat Ohio State this past year. Uh, he's won the Pac-12 twice, which I know. That's Dave, not saying not, much. It's not saying much, but it's still winning your, a Power 5 conference overall. So I also did win the Meridian Park Little League Championship in 2004, I think. So that was exciting. Start on the resume. Um, no, but but so, so as a head coach, yeah, I think – I think I would if that $8 million price tag wasn't there. I but say, at I think, $8 million bucks, he is the Maserati of head coaches. I would say the price tag is kind of a leery thing for me, but I do think overall that he's got the, a better resume than Mike when it comes to power at the Power 5 level. He has won a major yeah. conference overall. Yeah. Also, his recruiting is a damn good thing, and he he's from that saving tree where you want to have a lot of your coaches that basically 
the man's a hard person to work with because he's a relentless grinder and works day in and day out. And that's something you kind of want right now, especially being with Dave. What have you, what do you complain about each and every single day in the group chat before the Travis Hunter debacle? Why recruiting doesn't matter that much? Wow, recruiting has been kind of languishing a little bit. Yes, that thing. And this is someone that actually th- thinks that it's, looks as like as the pure lifeblood of the program. And I want to win games now, and a lot of people do. So, like, if we're just doing a base, I have coaching stuff, I'll take them. I do think $8 million is a lot. But right now, if we, you know, take the buyout for Taggart, also with McNerville's salary, it's seven and a half. So you're basically only trading him for an extra $500K increase. Yeah, I still I still wouldn't go. I, I mean, I understand that logic, but just I, again, I might take him at Mike's salary. My issue with him is we've got to see how he recruits Miami because we saw this with Diaz, right? Like people with a lot of money in Miami think they know Miami, but they really don't. Like Diaz was a was a Miami Country Day kid, or maybe he was a Belen Jesuit guy. Um, country Day, yeah, Country Day. Mario Cristobal, he's a Christopher Columbus guy. Like that's not real Miami. Like I'm interested to see if he's able to relate to these kids that come from Miami Northwestern or come from actually in Miami, Miami. I mean, I know Christopher Columbus is right by the airport, but they're not living right by the airport, you know? So no, you mean, the Mi- am, no, uh, you mean the Miami central kids, also the kids, also yeah, not yeah. only in the Miami area, but you want the kids over in Immokalee. You want basically that entire yeah, uh, go like, corridor down there. You need to do that where, I mean, he's played with a lot of them and he played also for that school for a very long time. So that's kind of yeah. more, that's, he has the connections there. And then a lot of the people that run the schools there and also run the programs there, we discussed this a few days ago with the seven on sevens, like he knows them. So it's like, it's, he's got that already where we've been like Dave discussed earlier, earlier, the Florida ties with his recruiting staff were pretty poor when we started here. Yeah. He's probably the best of the bit. He's probably the best of the three big three coaches right now. Uh, But it's close to me and the money makes it a total no for me. But aside from that, I don't trust it. I don't trust a guy who's two games over 500 for his career. That's fair. Yeah, I, I still think F- it the FIU kind of sucks, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, was he the head coach at FIU and they beat Miami though? That would be ironic. But no, that was Bush Davis, for Miami oh, head coach. Right. Yeah, that's right. And Love those it. kids became champions at life. But yeah, yeah. And look, here's the other thing too. I for who who is it even that they they've tried to sell us on Mike Norvell? Like, if we're being critical for a second, who's tree is he a part of it's someone that doesn't matter at all it's not even the harbaugh's it's some, like who willie was a part of it's, someone it's jack harbaugh that. is that who mike norvell was with? i thought that was willie no mike norvell's todd graham todd graham that's what yeah someone that just doesn't matter i mean you know this guy has played this guy's coached at alabama and like there's just something about seeing from the inside how the top of the top organizations ran and yeah he's seen it so i final verdict i would i would begrudgingly let Cristobal come be our coach. And Dave, still no from you, my dog? Still a no for me. Still a no from you. And then with that one, let's go with the last one. Let's go to the Sunbelt version of Mike Norvell over in Gainesville. And that's Billy Napier. Don't trust a grown man that still ends his last his name in a Y. I just, mm. You're a grown man. Go by Bill. Go by William. Grow up. Yeah, that's, I mean, even if that was all the analysis, that's fair. There is nothing about Billy Napier that should have anybody excited in Gainesville. Uh, what should be the first concerning thing uh, to you in Gainesville is that a guy came over from the University of Louisiana, not Louisiana State, and then brought a bunch of players with him as if that was a good thing, as if those are the players that the University of Florida should be getting. Spoiler alert, they're not. They should be able to recruit better than that. They can recruit better than that. They hired a guy who has never coached a power five game. He's never been a head coach of a power five team before. 
that's a problem for me with Mike. And if that's the case and, and all else, just a bunch of question marks surrounding still Mike and a bunch surrounding Billy Napier. I, I still have Mike ahead of Billy Napier, which means I'm definitely choosing Mike. But even if it was even again, if it's close, I'm not taking, I'm not taking the other guy, especially Billy Napier. Yeah, they're the same person to me. I'm in the camp that if you're not a big fan of Mike Norvell, you're not going to like Bill Napier that much. And also, if you're the inverse, if you like Mike Norvell a lot, you're probably like Bill Napier too, basically. I mean, they're almost verbatim the same person. I'm also pretty sure that when Mike Norvell left Arizona State, Bill Napier replaced him as the OC actually at Arizona State. That's how that's copacetic that right. they are. So to me, I would lean Mike more because I would, I mean, with Bill Napier, just basically how the recruiting to me is odd, it's weird. They're yep. being, it's not even know if they're being selective. It's just they're being extremely, I guess, confusing with selections. Also, you're telling certain coaches to leave when you probably were the best coaches on your staff. So, I mean, it's a resounding no for me. And I think that actually just about does it for a schedule breakdown with the coaches. Now, Dave, I do want to give you a heads up. Also, Max, too, as well. Guess who was the highest ranked ACC coach that was not Dabo Sweeney? And this in the CBS, I'm uh Ranking pulled. Uh, Dave Doran, Mac Brown, Dave Clawson at 17 was the oh. voted as the best as the second best coach in the ACC and the 17th coach overall in the country in Power Five. And Gus is right behind him, Dave. Mac Brown. No, no, no. It's your it's our boy, Scott Satterfield. No, Lane Kiffin, the Lane trainer, yeah. number 18. And wow. that's actually before we actually head out. Do you guys actually want to know a random random coach's name on there, or are we good to go? I just love how they how they start Lane Kiffins with ladies and gentlemen, and it's like you, know, you got to just say word, ladies. You got to read the word ladies first with Lane Kiffin. Um, right. I mean, these rankings are an absolute joke show. Uh, it's number one Alabama, number two Kirby Smart, number three Davis Swinney, number four Lincoln Riley. Like, okay, cool. Number five Jimbo Fisher. I just so I actually listened to the Cover Three podcast, and I I don't want to say anything mean about Chip Patterson because typically I respect him, but. Um, what I respect more than his football knowledge and his just natural ability as a broadcaster is Chip knows what he's doing. He knows how to drive content. And that's all this is. I mean, Jimbo One of those big game boomer lists. That's what it is. Yeah. It's, it, Jimbo Fisher is the fifth best coach in the country. Like, I'm sorry. I, I, I wish we had Jimbo back to a degree, but I do. Who would you put in front of him then? Dude, all, like almost any of the guys in the top 10 because they don't have half as well some of them have his reach mike gundy definitely dave aranda for sure you put mike gundy ahead of jimbo fisher yeah because because look jimbo Ooh, fisher got not. the keys to the Carrara, the ferrari and he's wrecked it six times they've only been scrapes but he keeps losing three and four games with more money than god could spend and it's like at, at what point are we like man like maybe he just doesn't have the touch anymore like it's just but then not. we also saw mike gundy basically screw up the big 12 championship game this past season when they actually had it in the damn bag they were one snap away from going to the cfp for the first time yeah, and also jimbo has the national championship too to back it up the rest of them you're naming don't have it i don't care what someone did 10 years ago i've seen a lot of guys you know make a lot of money and then end up in federal prison i mean it's it's great good for him but you know mike gundy also got oklahoma state within striking distance of the college football playoff multiple times. Again, Jimbo, like, we've given him everything. He's driving for Red Bull right now in F1, and he's still losing three, four, five games a year. And it's like, I don't know, man, just what else What else could you need at that school to win a football championship and you still can't pull it off? Like, it's just let me let me uh, put a bow, let me put a little bow on this for you. The names that we're discussing right now are really easy for – 
all of these coaches are better than our current situation. We would all sure. take we would take all of them over uh, Mike Norvell. But it's funny when you go through the schedule, it's not so easy as to how many people you would actually take today over Mike Norvell. Like for those that give him so much grief, me and Drake definitely included. There's a lot of people who, when push comes to shove, a lot of coaches in this conference that even if they've had more success recently, you still say to yourself, yeah, but I'm not trading for that. Yeah, I think the only coach that I think we all unanimously agreed upon was Dave Clawson because of basically what he's done over at Wake Forest. And like, I mean, Dave, you're right. It's really when you look at overall, like, yeah, we know the situation we're in, but with some of these people, it could be in a lot worse hands right now. But folks, let us know in your comments below with it, which coaches you would trade off with and also basically which coaches that we missed. But without all that being said, don't forget five-star reviews, you know, podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever your podcast from. And Dave, how do they handle the YouTube comments? Uh, how do they handle the YouTube comments? Sorry. Leave us. You're going to want to leave us a comment. First of all, you're going to want to like this video because it's great. Great content uh, as always. Uh, then leave us a comment. Tell us what we can do better. Tell us what you liked, what you didn't. Uh, if it's a good question, we'll put it on the mailbag Mondays. Uh, turn your notifications on. Uh, it'll tell you when this and other episodes drop. And something about it ringing a little bell. I don't subscribe, remember. Subscribe, subscribe. Yeah, subscribe. Subscribe to the channel. We like that when you do that. And ding the little bell so you know when content drops immediately. And also when we're premiering the new show every single month, Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. in the morning. For Drake, that was Max. That was Dave. We'll see you all next time on Lockdown Sentinels. Take care, everybody. Fitzgerald, number 21. Police, Police Navidad. Thanks.